0: It's time for some Cheap Talk. You're listening to Trick Chat.
1: Hello, it's so good to see you. Welcome to Episode 31 of Cheap Talk, your podcast about all things Cheap Trick. On today's episode, it is a crossover with the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. That's right, Ralph Vieira, Dr. Fuck himself, and Ian Wadley invited me to come on their show and discuss All Shook Up. We encourage you to check out the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. What you're hearing today is the part of the show where we discuss Cheap Tricks All Shook Up. They usually do the Metal News of the Week. We took that out for this episode. But if you like what you hear from both Ralph Vieira, Dr. Fuck, and Ian Wadley. Please check them out. You can find them at wadzilla74.podbean.com Or you can find them on iTunes and find them on Facebook. These guys discuss heavy metal, hard rock, all things that rock, all things that roll. Check them out. We should also mention that Ralph is in a couple bands, Thrash or Die, and combat. So check them out. So without further ado, here's Dr. Fuck, Ian Wadley and myself talking all shook up by
0: Cheap Trick. Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Battle Combat
2: Prop. Oh, oh, hey, hey, it's Dr. Fuck from Thrasher Die Combat and Louisville Slaughter. And with me, like always, yeah, the I Don't Give a Fuck About My Liver Wadley. How you doing, dude? Yeah, fuck my liver. You ever met my liver? Your liver's an asshole. Your, your is like the Invisible Man. That's right. Uh, my my radio show is kicking ass. It comes on after this. Uh, if you listen to that, MetalStation.com. Um, and, you know, if you can't be home and listen to it, get uh, TuneIn Radio. It's an app. It's a free app, man. Go on your phone and and download that app. TuneIn Radio and then type in That Metal Station and BAM! You can listen to That Dr. Fuck Show. And uh, my Dr. Fuck Show this week is uh, I'm taking questions. Ask Dr. Fuck. Tune in. It's on Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, and Sundays, 1 p.m. Eastern. That Dr. Fuck Show. It's doing great. Thank you all for tuning in. I thank every one of you out there.
0: All right. Uh, Well, let's get to some iTunes reviews. Once again, they're starting to roll in now, and we really appreciate them. All right. And all right. The next one is from Nightwing Ken, who you might also know is our special guest co-host today. Ken Mills, the Ken pod Mills, father. The pod father. I love him. The My
2: inspiration. He actually inspired me to start this podcast and make your life complete, Ian. You, you need to thank him.
0: I, I do thank him daily. I try to. His five-star review is titled, Fun for Those in the Know. And he says, Ken Mills from Podkist here. I enjoy this show. If you like metal and zany, crazy fun, this may be the podcast for you. I see a real heart in both Ian and Ralph, and these guys try to give you their take on all things rock and metal. They step on the pedal and take you away with them. Uh, Check out the show, Podkist Approved. So yeah, thank you, Ken Mills, the podcast. an excellent review.
2: You know that's amazing, man. That you know some guy I would have listened to all the time gives us a positive review. It makes it makes me feel really good. Thank you, Ken. You rule, brother.
0: Yes, it does. And that that is a tremendous review. And uh, you know, wait, wait, wait. You know,
2: I'm... how cool is it that this week we have Ken Mills from Podcast on our show, and last week we had Bradford Sznack from Decibel Geek.
0: I mean, we're kicking ass, dude. We should be honored because right now we are about to be in the presence of the Podfathers. Somebody so influential on our podcast and in the podcasting world let his talents so we can talk about this 1980 Cheap Trick Classic All Shook Up. What do you say we get into it? Vamonos!
2: All right, let's get into the review. This uh, week we're reviewing the 1980, I believe it's 1980. Uh, yes. Uh, the Cheap Trick. To me, this is where, the from the first album to this album, they did no wrong, in my opinion. But before we get into it, we got a special guest, the Podfather. Yeah. I would like to call him the Podfather, because it's because of him and his podcast, Podkiss that fired me up to start a fucking podcast the one and only Ken Mills welcome to our show Ken.
1: hey so, you, so so I'm the guy you can blame it on I guess. yeah you're like you're like
2: you're like wicked Lester and we're like kids <laughs> <laughs> oh that's terrible <laughs> well I'm sorry Ken I forgot to mention I got an ego
1: uh, I'm glad to be on your show uh, I enjoy it, and uh, Ralph, you've been on the podcast a little bit. And thank nice you. We'll have to get you on there. Uh, we're trying awesome. to make for everybody. We're celebrating our eighth year, and who knows where Amazing. we go. But uh, we're trying to keep it all cool and get everybody in the boat as much as possible.
2: Hell yeah, man. And I, and, and I want to thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I believe, uh, what was it? You came to me, Ken? Was it something like that? You saw something on YouTube? Well, Yeah.
1: Because every once in a while, uh, you know, people would say, well, have you heard of Dr. Fuck? And I'm like, uh, I don't know <laughs> if i hear something of Dr. <laughs> Fuck. And somebody said, yeah, you, you got to check this guy out. He, he mentions you. You know, he loves Kiss. You guys need to check him out. So I went on YouTube and, you know, I, I would check you out and you do these uh, album reviews and stuff like that. Some things I vehemently disagree with you. For example most of Gene Simmons' solo album but that <laughs> sometimes you have to have differing opinions and I just love your personality and I love how you deliver things and man you said something the other day about like uh, you wanted the best well you are the best in, in, in a recent one, one, one of your uh, YouTube clips and that just really that was like, man, this guy's got a heart. You know, underneath all the spike nails, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like that. Uh, the, the guy's got a heart.
2: And I, I think that's beautiful. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate that. It is true. I am awesome.
0: Oh, yeah. and, to balance, and to balance that out, I'm a talentless asshole.
2: Yeah, uh, but but no, you got it. You, <laughs> but no, I, Ian, uh, with all due respect, and Ian's offense, Ian is. Also, I disagree a lot with Ian, and what I really like about Ian is that he really knows how to cling on to my coattails.
1: <laughs>
2: I mean, he holds tight, boy. He doesn't fall. And boy, I shake those coattails a lot. I try to deter him and piss him off, and he's like, I ain't leaving this gravy train.
0: Uh-uh, I'm like, herpes, bitch. I'm here to stay. Yeah, that's I'm in right.
2: And I, and, I, and I love Ian, and that's why uh, me and him have that chemistry. Uh, a lot of people think we hate each other, which is slightly not true. <laughs> and uh, and it works, you know. I mean, I don't know if you've been keeping up, Ken, but you know, there's a lot of people that you know we've been we've been uh, leaving a nasty little stain in the podcast world, you know. Well, and, someone
1: got to do it, and it's a dirty job, but it's up to you.
2: Yeah, we've only been on what a little over a year, and you know, yeah. we've yeah. gotten. Well, you know, I I don't mean to brag, but but you know, it's in my DNA. I, I love bragging, but uh let's just say you know uh, we're getting a lot of positive uh, feedback on itunes and elsewhere and uh and our and ken if you're not part of it we would love for you to be on our facebook page
1: yeah oh, i absolutely am I oh, oh be- you are okay yes um one thing you know it, you, you said it's in your dna and it, it is true i mean we all grew up loving a band that said you wanted the best you got the best and yeah. that's you know, that's how I feel every time I uh, met a girl and it was bedtime. You know, hey, baby, you wanted the best, you got the best. Or any job interview I've ever had, you take that attitude and you go into that ring and you make it happen. So you're just very, doing what you were raised. Yeah,
2: it's awesome how, you know, uh, the KISS attitude is really good in life. Unless you are like the members of KISS, then, you yeah. Well, that, that's, a whole, that's yeah. a whole different story. Just take yeah. their message like, do, do as they say, not as they act. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this is not about Kiss this week. This is about Cheap Trick. And, and I'm
1: feeling all shook up.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, bent out of shape. And uh, I want to, before, you know, this is how we do it. You know, podcast does something similar as well. Uh, we we talk about, you know, uh, how we discovered the album and what we think of the I mean, we don't really go into details, but how do we... Uh, uh, discover the album, and then we go into details when we go into track-by-track. Track. So, uh, Ken, since you are our guest, and you are the pod father, I would like for you to um, tell us the first time you heard All Shook Up.
1: Well, I bought this album as it came out. And, you know, I, I discovered Cheap Trick earlier on. Uh, my, my uncle had this uh, girlfriend... Who, uh, she would ask me to babysit her kids you know i was what 15 or something like that at the time and she knew that i loved the beatles she knew that i loved Abbey road and the white album you know just and by the way i really loved your white album episode and, and that was cool but uh you know she she said i really think you would like this band and 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 i kind of had a crush on her. you know she was like an older woman and you know she would always come out and uh, like when she was getting ready to go out on date with my uncle she would think of nothing walking around like in panties and stuff like that and it was like <laughs> you know and i'm just there so her thinking that i was cool enough to recommend music to was pretty darn cool so she turned me on to the first three cheap trick albums but you know then boom, Budokan came out, and it was like all bets were off. Everybody was in the cheap trick. You know what I mean? It, all of a sudden, they were known by everybody. But I, I had I had become a fan, and I had bought, you know, uh, Budokan, Dream Police, and this in succession, and it became a lifelong pattern for me. <laughs> so it was just. Uh, it was just another cool album to get that uh, that that uh, cold October twenty fourth, nineteen
2: eighty. Hmm. Interesting. How about you, Ian? Uh, when's the first time you heard? Ah, oh,
0: uh, I was definitely a late cover to this album. Uh, I I got into Cheap Trick at a young age, my teenage years, but it was strictly uh, uh, '70s Cheap Trick and uh, and uh, Lamp of Luxury. I got when it came out, but uh. I I got this when they did the remastered, and I I love the job they did on all those Cheap Trick remasters, I wish they would have kept it up, but, uh, I I knew some songs because I had the box set that's, uh, Sex Cheap Trick in America or whatever, so I knew some of the songs, uh, but yeah, I I didn't know it till, uh, till the, you know, in full, till the remastered, and half this album, I really love, and half of it, I, I don't, uh, To me, I kind of compare this album a lot to Special One uh, because of that. There's some stuff on the Special One that I think is some of the best shit they've done, and Mm. other just like totally unforgettable and unmemorable. And that's how I feel about this. Now, some of it, you know, every time we we pick an album, I will. I'll I'll grind it into my head. I'll listen to it over and over. And some songs, my opinion, changed a little bit on, and some didn't. But, you know, we'll get into that track and track track by track, but uh this was definitely the end of the era. Uh you know, the the first era of Cheap Trick for a lot of reasons.
2: I saw this tour with UFO opening and uh they played every song off this album except for one. I don't know if you're aware of this, Ken. Um I don't know, did you see this tour, Ken? Did you see all no. up?
1: No, I did not.
2: Okay. I did see the tour and they played that whole album.
1: I, I saw the Dream Police Tour, but I did not see this one. As a matter of fact, I think this was one that we were going to go to. But a uh, Cleveland winter is oh, not always forgivable at, for traveling conditions.
2: Oh boy, yeah, no, that sucks. That was a good show. They had these big, uh, big eyeball during I- <clears> high-speed <throat> rhythm noise. It was just mind-blowing. But I'll be honest with you, Ken. This is where it stopped for me. I mean. Um, I didn't run out and buy one on one. And uh, I-, I did hear it at a friend's house and it didn't grab me. And to this day, there's only a few tracks I like on it. But we'll get into all that after the show. I say we dive into the album. And Ken, you being the guest, once again, I'm going to ask you to start off the album with Stop This Game. What do you think?
1: What an excellent track. And of course, we need to mention that this is. Not produced by Tom Warren. This album is produced by George Martin. Yes.
2: Uh,
1: of Beatles thing, and uh, this is the fifth studio album, sixth release overall. Uh, this is a very quirky album. This song, I, I I'm not so much, uh, you know, assured of its greatness as an opener, because the songs that followed are really strong. But it kind of makes some sense, and there is a theme and almost a concept album look to this album. First off, if you look at the album cover, uh, both the, the actual album cover and the inside sleeve and stuff like that, there are like little scenarios yes. that are put together. And Rick Nielsen actually staged those and those are actually the song titles of the songs. If you take a look at them, like there's one where you see like Robin falling, that's Love Come Tumble. Right, yeah, world's, stuff
2: like- world's Greatest Lover. Yeah, exactly. So, what what song would be the one with Darth Vader?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Do you think that that's uh, maybe High Priest? Yeah, that's what I was thinking.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, World's Greatest Lover.
1: It, wasn't that weird seeing Darth Vader on yeah. that out?
2: Yeah, at it's, the it's strange. It's very strange with the little kids, and I think yep. it's the same little kid, but they made like ten of them. You know. It a, could a, be whatever they whatever was called Photoshop back
1: then they always remind me of those kids in that one movie what Village of the Damned or whatever where they're the only guys reaches the night anyway uh, this, this song definitely it, it sounds like Cheap Trick it has some of the same like uh, use of orchestration that they've done before I always wondered what uh, the, the Beatles producer thought of these guys you know working with them I would love to read what his side of the story was. But you have the same kind of thing that you had, uh, as far as orchestration and going, you know, going, g- Gonna Raise Hell, you know, from the previous album. And it's it's a really good track. This one written by Rick Nielsen and Robin Zander. Most of the songs are just accredited to Rick, who's a, a, an amazing songwriter. But this is just a really good song, and, and it does kind of tee up
0: the album. Uh, Ian? Uh- I love it. I think it's a great opener. Uh, I think it's funny that the original name of this song was Can't Stop the Music. Yeah. Uh, but but that was the title of the Horrible Village People movie. And so they changed it, you know, because they didn't want, you know, that association. I mean, I a,
2: a side note Blackie Lawless does a cameo
0: in That's that true. Village People movie. That's true. And, uh, hey, it launched the career of Steve Gutenberg. Uh, but, uh,. Yeah, you can see why they wanted to disassociate it—not not only because it was a village people, but because it was a bomb. Uh, <laughs> but but this is a a great song. I think it's a great opener, and right off the bat, you can hear the the George Martin influence on this. Yeah, you know, this this is way different than a Tom Werman album, and a lot of people, and even a lot of musicians who have worked with it like slammed them after the fact. But Tom mormon has been part of some amazing fucking albums. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, like the cheap trick albums. I'm sorry, but I thought yeah. he- "Heaven Tonight" and "Dream" "Dream Police" are stellar productions. I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but I, I mean, I mean, look at the, the Ted Nugent albums. Uh, you know, Motley Crue, Twisted Sister. I Molly, mean, and Molly Hatchet. I like. Yeah, that a, a lot of the shit we love, he did. Uh, but you know, they decided to go with a different direction. Of course, being huge Beatles fans, I mean, what would be better than having George Martin and his stamp is all over this? You know, there's that little bit of the. Day in the life like intro to this. Yeah, that's but, uh, I wanted
2: to get into that.
0: Um, and and I think it's it's a great track. And and Xander's vocals on this. I mean, you know, I know you know Ralph, your opinion, and Ken, of course, you know, because I listen to your your Cheap Trick podcast. That one of the best vocalists of all time. I mean, this absolutely. guy can sing anything, and uh, you know, you know, from something really subtle and sweet to the the shriek of screams. Uh, he can cover it all, and still can. I just saw him a couple months ago, and it was amazing. Uh, but he sounds great on this. I think it's a great opener. Love this track.
2: Yeah, I... I, uh, That is my all-time favorite singer, I gotta say. But anyway, back to the song. Yes, I feel like the beginning sounds like, hey look, Sergeant Pepper ended. Like, if, <laughs> if you listen to Sergeant Pepper, without that little weird noise that happens after that long piano note yeah 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 without like take that out and like with that piano fading out and then fade in all shook up you know it's, I think that was kind of like the idea of this and it did take me a while to actually notice that many years actually but um I have I I listened to this song and I one thing that really stands out is the is the bass playing on on stop this game like it's like Tom Peterson's doing like some weird stuff and it's awesome. Uh the the lyrics are really strange. It's like what is it about hating music and you want it to stop? Did did Rick did Rick write this song about Tom Peterson at the time? I don't know. But the one thing that there is one little thing that bothers me about the song is that I'm not really too crazy about the little bell. It's like ding ding ding, ding 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 I don't know. I, that's one thing that just. Eh. I love this song. Going into the next one, uh, just got back where I remember reading an interview a while ago where Robin Zander said it might be actually Ken. I believe you on your show. Correct me if I'm wrong. You had the author of Fragile. Uh, what is it? Um, yes,
1: yeah, yeah, yes, Fragile Thing.
2: Yes, you you had that author on your show, right?
1: Yes, my
0: case
2: yeah I actually have that book I bought it back when it first came out
0: oh wow great episode by the way Ken yeah yeah, that was a great one
2: Uh, and I think I read it in there I could be wrong that Robin Zander said just got back was a song where he was writing like a short story or a story and he ended up incorporating it into that song like the characters of that song uh, all Calypso and stuff like that am I right about that
1: you're absolutely right. As a matter of fact, there is a bit of a comic book that Robin kind of did uh, that has a lot of these characters, if you will, you know, if you want to call them character. But, you know, you, like it, it mentioned stopping the music. Uh, there, it, Part of the theme of the music is like there's this guy who's using music, and I would say that's the high priest of rhythmic noise, uh, for nefarious needs. I mean, they, they. thank God this didn't turn into like, you know, Cheap Trick's Broadway show All Shook Up or something like that. The, the, the uh, Elder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would have been like uh, Styx's, one uh, Kilroy was here, where they acted it out on stage, you know. But, you know, you've got things like Can't Stop It But I'm Gonna Try and, uh, you know, there's the the, the the lyrics that you posted earlier Yeah. about uh, how music is actually... Uh, something that is reaffirming and will, you know, make your life worth living. So somebody's misusing the music. But, again, I wouldn't go too far into the concept thing. Somebody had that idea at some point. Like I said, it later became a bit of a comic book that you can find.
2: Okay. Um, well, and again, going back to the song, this song rocks. This is a kid. I rem- I'll never forget. They didn't play this song for the longest time. You know, when they did... Um, the All Shook Up Tour. I don't, I I could be wrong, but I don't think they brought this song back till Tom actually came back into the band because uh, I was, I saw Cheap Trick before A mm-hmm. Lap of Luxury came out. Mm-hmm. I went to go see him at this place called City Limits. Oh, Cheap Trick's playing. When I got there, I was like, holy shit, that's Tom Peterson. And they came out and they opened with Just Got Back. And I was like, fuck yeah, man. Oh, nice. It was one of the greatest Cheap Trick shows I ever saw because Tom Peterson was back as well, was mind blowing. But what he just and just got back in a live setting, now that's a song that goes over really well live.
1: Absolutely. It's
2: like one of the, it's a showstopper. Anybody that loves Cheap Trick and is aware of that song loses their mind when they play this shit live. And they don't do it enough in my opinion. There's a lot of songs on this album that, that they don't play live, you know, it's like very rare. Like the two we just talked about are probably the ones they play the most. Plus the next one, which the last time I saw you Trick, they did play the next song. But we'll get into that after we hear your opinion on it, Ken.
1: Just got back. Oh, what a great song. Those drums, absolutely amazing. There's not much you can say bad about it. This is... This is from the time of the great albums with one, two punches, things like Detroit Rock City, King of the Nighttime World. You know what I'm talking about. So go right from Stop This Game, just got back into Baby Loves to Rock. It doesn't stop. They're on your neck the whole time. They're going down the road, and your neck is the gas pedal, so you better (laughs) learn to enjoy this. It's just one hell of a song. Greatness, greatness, greatness.
0: Yeah, yeah. I uh, absolutely love it <clears throat> uh, you know when I think of this song I, I think of Bunny Carlos and they said there's 24 drum tracks on this song I can said, believe that uh, they, they talk in the liner notes for this album it says says uh, we were playing brushes on a piano seat playing cardboard boxes <laughs> shaking bags of change anything to make some noise and absolutely it just created that sound and I'm a huge Bunny fan I, I love bunny, and uh, man, I just—I hear this, I just think of that fucking goofy face smiling, and or not even smiling, just that bunny look, and, but just beating the shit out of the drums. And it's—it's it's a short song. I think it's only like two minutes and five seconds, but it's—it's yep. it's perfect. It's—it's it's perfect. Absolutely love this fucking track. Uh, and then we go into the next song, which. I know a lot of people love this song. I'm not as huge. Uh, the next song is uh, uh,
2: "Baby Loves to Rock."
0: Yeah, yeah, "Baby Loves to Rock." Um, it's 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 good, but it's not great to me. It, I didn't like it as much as the first three, and this is the first kind of dip for me. Like, eh, I, I don't know. The song is just all right to me. What what do you think, Ken?
1: Well, first off, one one thing I want to mention about just got back. It was later used in uh, a montage in the film Grown Ups with Adam Sandler and all those guys. Yeah, so that's kind of cool that that's gotten that little bit of, uh, you know, acceptance in the the common mythos of our day, if you will. Uh, Baby loves to rock. My God. Anybody... He loves cheap trick and didn't play this song on guitar. I have to wonder what's wrong with you. You're not. You're not using your time wisely. And I love the little pull-offs, pull-ons that Rick has going on. Just absolutely amazing. Kind of reminiscent of the Budokan kind of solos and stuff like that. And you also have callback to Sergeant Pepper again. Where they had like, uh, in, in the song Good Morning, where they had all these animals come running through, you hear the same kind of effect going on in this, including uh, like a jet from uh, back in the USSR. Right, yeah. So there's all these cool little Beatles callbacks, if you will. And uh, in the bridge of... Uh, the, the, the bridge of t- Baby Loves to Rock, there's a line, not in Russia, with the sound of an airplane in the background, which, again, calling back-to-back back in USSR, so.
2: Right. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I never thought of it that way. Um, That's why it's cool having Ken on the show, man. Damn Skippy. Yeah, that's right, Skippy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rock, Baby Loves to Rock, I, I feel like what, what really, it's a censored song, it's it's, it should be called Baby Loves to Fuck. Because that's, babe, that's basically all the lyrics are about this chick that wants to fuck in the morning, in the evening, in the summer, in the winter, in the car, in the night, in an airplane, but not in Russia. She's anti commie but she's part of the Reagan administration. Yeah, but it was cold
1: back then, the Cold War, you know. Cold, yeah, you know, yeah, Do some things for, for nipples, but not for other years.
2: Mm. Uh, Wolverines! <laughs> but I, and I also see a little a little nod to my generation not, to, not only because of the rift but also yep. there's a little bit of a stutter going on there yep yep like more and more i'm thinking about so, 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 you know <laughs> yep, that's, that's, that's that's a total nod to the hoop you can hear it in the song and uh and I kind of think they repeated this song on the next album she's tight it's kind of got the same i don't know structure. Which I love She's Tight too. I can't tell you which one I love more. I think they're both in par with each other. I love them both equally. I love Baby Loves to Rock. This is the one song back then because there's a lot of friends of mine that gave up on Cheap Trick at that time. But they were like, yep. well, I like Baby Loves to Rock, but they became too new wave. Because at the time, that the, the visual of that album with, the, with the, the baby and the girl with the hula hoop and stuff like that, yeah. It was new wave ish looking, but the album didn't sound new wave to me. It just didn't. No. Eh.
1: But if you look at what they did here and what they later did on One on One, Rick kind of could see what was coming on the horizon. You know, where everybody else was running around, maybe starting to stick safety pins in their ears and whatnot. Rick was like noticing that the cars and all these different things were happening, you know, getting like Alice Cooper did clones. Remember? Yeah. 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 Right. So, so Rick was kind of like five years ahead of it. When you think about it... Right. It was five years before it really started to explode like it did.
2: Yeah, it kind of turned a lot of people off. Uh, I, it didn't turn me off. I thought, man, this album's great. I thought this album was the logical uh, continuation after uh, Dream Police. I felt like all their albums was like... You know it was just a good growth and and to me all shook up was like wow they they just didn't top it in my opinion that's there's great albums they did after this i can name you like five six that i play, probably even more than all shook up but i don't feel like it tops everything from all shook up to the first album i think Uh, that right there is like the plethium of cheap rap rap
0: let me ask you i think you've talked to me about this before uh didn't they play this song on Saturday Night Live? They played yeah, this?
2: this song and Can't Stop It But I'm Gonna Try. Yeah, okay. And I really love the Can't Stop It But I'm Gonna Try version on Saturday Night Live yeah. when the band stops where he goes, Last time that I met you, and the last time that we... And they all stopped and Robin Xander goes, Talked. Yeah. And then they go <laughs> right back into the song. I love that, man. <laughs> and Robin Xander playing keyboards is like, Wow, this is fucking strange, you know? But... Yeah, and- Yeah, go ahead, Ken.
1: Robin really stepped up on this album. I mean, there's a lot more direction from him. You can kind of feel that at times.
2: Yeah, and and, uh, which will go into that song. Can't stop, but I'm going to try. You know, I really love the line where it says, and some days I don't think I'll make it through. I'll feel better if you felt it too. Come on. Who hasn't broke up with a girl and thought, I hope you suffer, bitch. Yeah. you know and that line just says it I don't you know but I gotta say in my defense I don't think that anymore like when I break up with girls it's like yay freedom I don't th- I don't wish bad on anybody
1: anymore no, But you were young and foolish oh, now yeah. you're old fool man one there time
2: I'm telling you one time I seriously thought about man where can I get a grenade so I can throw it in her room while she's asleep <laughs> <laughs> that was a really nasty girl I actually uh, wanted to murder her but you know <laughs> anyway, so that's the and and the okay. I gotta say this track to me is my favorite track on the album. Seriously, yes, it is. It is. I this love. Yes. I this think, song
1: always seemed like it came off of found all the parts. Like it seems like it should have been on that. Well. And he said,
2: "Well, Ken, found all the parts. Has my favorite ballad. Uh, yeah. Take me, I'm yours is like my favorite cheap trick ballad. Yes. I love such a good girl. I love that fucking song." Can't Hold
1: On. Oh, my God. Can't Hold On is amazing. You know, I I have to wonder if this album isn't a victim of the same thing as, like, the soundtrack works that they did at the time or Found All the Parts or whatever, even one-on-one. It seems like if you took some of these songs and scrambled them around, you could, like, mix and match on different albums because it seems like they were a hard-working road band. And then once Budokan hit, they had something. They, they, they had Dream Police already in the camp. It was recorded sitting on the shelf. So Rick still keeps writing and writing and writing and writing. So he has this backlog of material. And he could have picked and choose chosen anything. You know what I mean?
2: Right. But instead and, he just went in and started anew.
1: Yeah. Right. So I, I wonder... like how this album could have been different had they not had that luxury of taking that year off and you know from uh, having Budokan already in the can and still, pro- or not Budokan but Dream Police in the can and promoting Budokan you know it was it, it was something they weren't used to at the time.
2: Yeah I guess also they were like
1: torn like animals too. You know? Absolutely. Yeah and, and here's something to speak to their greatness. Uh, they were on tour with Peter Frampton this, this last summer. Mm-hmm. Peter Frampton could not make one of the gigs at Red Rocks. Now, most band would just either cancel the gig, find another opening band, or just do their standard 90-minute set. What did Cheap Trick do? They played for almost three hours. Wow. Wow. ...heard in a long time because they always rotate their set list. Yes. Always, yes. Always, always. Yes. And Cheap Trick did an entire night of Cheap Trick greatness, and the set list from that. Do a search, go to, you know, do a search for uh, Cheap Trick Red Rocks 2015 set list. You'll see the set list. You'll wow. be glad uh, and you'll wish you would have been there.
2: Yeah, you know that's the one advantage that Cheap Trick has now without Bunny, because uh, Bunny could, can't play more than 75 minutes due to his back. Are you aware of that, Ken? Well. I,
1: see that's one of those things that's like one of those minefield kind of things and i know you love living in a minefield but as someone who has a cheap trick dedicated podcast i try to you know keep it cool with all sides i've heard that but i also know that there were tensions in the band who knows what was going on someday there may be this book but cheap trick is one of those bands that have always been so amazingly private
2: yeah no behind the music with them
1: Yeah, you'll you'll probably never see that, and it's kind of sad, but on the other hand, I don't need to know who gets along with who, and who doesn't like who, and who hates who's asparagus, and, you know, oh, someone was sitting in my spot on the tour bus, and shit like that. I want the music, and Cheap Trick gives me the music.
2: Well, that's where me and you are different, Ken. I'm such a diva. Well, you are. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, but, uh, yeah, getting back to that, uh, what you were saying about the set list, yeah, The last time I saw Cheap Trick, every time I see Cheap Trick, it never fails. They always play at least one song I haven't seen them do in years or songs I've never seen them do, period. And the the last time I saw them, they threw out Baby Loves to Rock and they threw out Just uh, Stop This Game. I haven't seen them do that. Well, I don't know if you're aware of this, Ken. 96, the summer of 96 tour. Did you see that where they only played songs from all shook up down did you see that score yeah where yeah. where they actually played uh world's greatest lover with um, rick oh my god that show was like they didn't play the flame man it was like i know it was so amazing it was like that was the ultimate old school cheap trick show you know that you can see but uh going back to this i recently saw a set list. Where Cheap Trick's coming down here October 20-something. Of course, I'll be there. I really hope this is on a set list because this is one of my favorite Cheap Trick songs that I have never, ever seen them play live. They played recently Daddy Should Have Stayed in High School. I've never seen them do this. And it's always been one of my favorite songs, which has a mention on this album, that song. We'll get into that later. But uh, Go ahead, Ken
1: you guys want to hear that red rock set loose yes yeah
2: yeah go yeah, yeah, yeah go for
1: it 26 songs wow hello there oh candy nice hey, guys Ooh. look Ooh. out mm-hmm. yeah. man on top of the world voices ain't that a shame if you want my love magical mystery tour baby loves to rock heaven tonight tonight it's you the house is rocking with domestic problems in the street the 70s show song don't be cruel borderline stop this game i'm waiting for the man the flame i want you to want me dream police never had a lot to lose surrender gonna raise hell and good night wow nice oh
2: shit See, and I've never seen them do Waiting for the Man, which I would love to because, look, I, mean, uh, I like the song. That. I like the song, but I'm sick of uh, I Know What I Want Live. I, I, you know, every time I see them, they do that song. You
0: know? uh, they, they did uh, Waiting for the Man when I just saw them uh, last year.
2: Uh, they, I, w- I hope they have that on the set list. The time I saw them before where they played a casino, and they actually only played for a little while because the rain came down and it was outdoors, and, you know, they recently played some show where the stage collapsed.
1: Yeah. So, can.
2: yeah, they played Miami. The same thing happened again. I mean, the stage didn't collapse, but they didn't want a chance. And there was a lot of lightning that night. They played. Um, I'm looking out for number one, which uh, I've never seen them play with Tom. You know, yeah. and borderline vicious. too. You know,
1: that is a vicious song live. I, I all mean,
2: oh, the vocals on that song are yeah. amazing.
1: I love how Robin can sound like a serial killer at the drop of a hat. He can mm-hmm. sound Wire boy to a serial killer, just like that. Well, let's get back to the album.
2: Okay. Can't Stop yeah, it, yeah. What though? do you think I'm of trying? that song?
1: What a great song! Uh, it, you mentioned that part where the first time that we talked. Love that part. Yeah. Uh, Robin sells this The band is on fire. Can't say a, a bad thing about this song. Ian, your thoughts on "Can't Stop It," but
0: I'm gonna try. By a fucking country mile, the best song on the fucking album. Probably my top five cheat trick songs of all time. Absolutely love this. I I love the lyrics. I love the delivery. You know, we've all talked about. You know, last time that we. I mean, how awesome is that? I mean, because you're waiting for it and they ain't gonna give it to you. (laughs) And I I I love it. It's like this big tease, but it's it's awesome. It's almost better than if he said fuck. You know, it is. It actually is. Yeah.
2: You
0: you know, it's 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 nice. It's like. You know, it, it's almost like a chick. Like, you know, you ain't gonna fuck her the first night, but you're glad about that because you really like her. But you know when you get it, it's gonna be awesome. And that's how this song is by far my favorite fucking track on the album.
2: Well, why don't you go into the next one, Ian?
0: All right. World's Greatest Lover. Holy shit, is this amazing. Now, the first time I heard this wasn't this version. It was on the Cheap Drink box set where it's yeah. Rick's singing. Right. And... And I love that version. You know, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, you love whatever version you hear first. Yeah. You know that that's the one that usually sticks with you. And while I, I'm not going to dog this version because I absolutely love it, I still actually prefer uh, Rick's vocal just because that's that's what I was used to. But they're both amazing. And what a what a Lennon-esque song, you know. And, and you know, you're doing a Lennon-esque song. You got George Martin producing what could go wrong nothing and nothing does go wrong this is one one of their most amazing songs and uh I, I i think the best thing about having uh george martin do this album i i think it all comes together perfectly whatever they were trying to do works perfect on this song one of their best ballads of all time absolutely love it what do you think ken
1: well this is going to sound weird i want to say up front i really love this song but i kind of wonder if a different song would have worked better in this spot meaning like for example something like off one-on-one if you want my love you got it because this song is not like a typical cheap trick ballad there's no conflict to it like for example if you listen to voices uh there's that conflict where it's like you know these voices don't seem right cool voices it was just you know it sounds like a crazy person talking you know what i'm saying and all their uh their balance come from a like sinister place that's one of the things that a lot of two trick fans don't like about the song the flame because there's none of that tension there it's just a straight love song and they're not there's no real emotional connection from the band to it if you even though Robin does deliver when he sings. But this song, to me, I, I dig, like, all... I, I kind of wonder if it would have made the album if George Martin had not been the producer.
2: Interesting. Well, um, I, I want to say that, you know, I mean, I disagree. I really love this song. And I, I think... I, no, I, I so was always saying the placement, you were probably, like, it would have been better if they had If You Want My Love or something like that. but i don't know i I really dig this album i think the way it begins with that weird piano it's like off i don't know it doesn't sound like it's gonna turn into this beautiful ballad right it does uh and what ian was saying he heard the rick version first that's why he likes it well i heard this version first and believe me hearing robin sing this song i mean i'm sorry rick but there's no way that version i would i would trade for this one this one is meant for robin i love the way he sings this whole damn song and i do see kind of a correlation of this song and need your love you know i need yeah. your love is like very mellow but then it goes into you make me lonely why do you care where this song it goes into that uh now nah, i'm having a brain fart um, <laughs> you know what i'm talking about it gets yeah. a little heavy uh, where where it gets to a part where it builds and. and like yeah. really kind of
1: gets ahead of steam going i, I t- to me what i, I guess what I, I didn't really say exactly what i wanted to so i'm going to try once again okay you said that this album wasn't really critically received by your friends at the time it wasn't no because i think that at the time they thought okay we need a song like i want you to want me something like ain't that a shame or voices or dream it's Police."
2: dream police yeah
1: World's Greatest Lover is not a Voices. So in that respect, I feel that if somebody was like going, like let's say at radio or in the record company, like going, okay, we need a Voices. We need a Dream Police. You know, like Dream Police could be stopped this game. But World's Greatest Lover doesn't really let itself be that three-minute ballad, if you will.
2: Right, and also... Um all their uh you know the album's previous uh side one ends with a rocker exactly you, know, you have your uh off-vita uh, scene which yes. I, I feel that should have been an album closer but whatever uh, yeah. uh what is it um uh, tv violence which technically that is side one not Absolutely. side a whatever that you know <laughs> and uh which the original pressing of the cd started with hot love but it had, yeah. you know supposed and uh, what what ended side... Oh, you're all talk. Yeah. Uh, in color. Anyway, so yeah, that is uh, a left field. But man, you know. And another funny thing is that when I saw this tour, they played this whole album except for this song. This is the Which one is
0: odd. Yeah. Oh wow! Wow.
2: Yeah. They they even played go for the throat. I mean, like you know, you would figure that'd be one that they wouldn't play, but yeah, they played this whole album except for. And then when I saw him in ninety six and they played this, where, by the way, Ian, when they played in ninety six, Rick sang the first part.
0: Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, nice. Rick
2: Rick was on the piano and he sang the first part, then Robin came in during the second verse. There but, are two
1: homages to ACDC on this album, and one of them is found in this song World's Greatest song. Oh,
2: album. can you tell me that? Because I don't I'm not this aware of that.
1: Intro, jung, 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 that. That is the same oh, thing as big balls. Big checking. balls,
0: you're right. Yeah. That, that, that's what I heard, but then I never got it. But now that you said it, because it's so slow. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Just, Rick Nielsen is so
1: damn clever. It's like we were talking earlier about the Gene Simmons solo album. If you listen to the solo that Rick does in the song.
2: See, uh, you, see you in your dreams.
1: Yeah. He's playing. If, if you really listen to the solo, isolate it and listen to it. He's playing When You Wish Upon a Star at the very beginning of that. He's going that Wah 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 you know that part? Uh-huh. Yeah. He's wow. playing When You Wish Upon a Star before he starts going to, wah, wah, wah,
2: wah, You know, that kind of stuff.
1: That is wild. Uh just to I hate it, check it out.
2: Just to get back on that for one second, I know you said you disagree with me on Well,
1: just on some of the songs. Some of the things I, I agree with you on
2: as well. Uh, how about Wish Upon a Star? Did you like that one?
1: Well, here's the thing, okay? Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Go ahead, Ken. I think that what Gene Simmons did and what Peter Chris did, whether I like those albums or not, they both put their balls on the table. They said, We may never get to be here again. This is what I want to do. And you have to respect that. Like, I'm speaking to the good doctor right now. If you had one chance to make one album, you're going to put what you want on there, not what you think that the record company is going to say, oh, you should do this, you should do that, right?
2: Yeah, if I had a really good voice, I'd put Dancing Queen on my album.
1: Well, there you go. It makes perfect sense. I, I should have known that. But <laughs> uh, I, I, love, I love the heart of When You Wish Upon a Star, not so much the performance. So I am more into it from the concept. I like the concept more than... The, the delivery.
2: I think I mentioned that when me and Ian did the yeah, broadcast. Yeah. I, think, I I believe so, too. Yeah, I said something to the effect: look, this is uh, Gene, this is very special to Gene, is why he did it, because yeah, it was his first memory first of America, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, um, oh, also, one last thing I want to say about uh, World's Greatest Lover is that last part where Robin says, in my world, where he yeah. hits it real high, God damn, the fur always goes up during that part, and and the violin and the, and I think that guitar solo is so freaking perfect. Every single note of that guitar solo is so. And then the violin, you know, comes in. It's just I, I'm, my fur's rising right now just talking
1: about it. Yeah. Let's 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 flip this some bitch over. <laughs> There we are, we're on side two, and <laughs> we kick it off with The High Priest of Rhythmic Noise. Now, if, if anybody that was listening to this album was lost by world's greatest lover or anything that they heard on side one, this song is so ahead of its time, <laughs> it's, it's weird. Um, and they actually used this later when they would play part of uh, O Candy. They would use this as like a prelude. You know, and it's it's kind of weird to hear it if you you can check it out on YouTube. Um, High priest of rhythmic noise again. I think that's where Darth Vader comes in. Uh, Robin Zander's voice is so great. Rick Nielsen's voice is no schlepp either, and I'd rather hear that than the robot voice, if you will. <laughs> do, do you guys remember Paul McCartney's coming up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he put that uh, forty-five out that had the live version. I and love that,
2: the live version. The live version was always on the radio down here.
1: Well, here's the story behind that. Paul did this, like, attempt at like, new wavy kind of thing. You want to distort his voice. Paul always tries to distort his voice. And producers keep going, no, 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 you're Paul McCartney. People want to hear Paul McCartney. So the record company said, we'll, we'll just flip this on the other side. Radio got it. They started playing the, you know, you wanna be a kind of And they're like, no, no, we want to eat the ball. So they flipped it over, and that became the hit version. If you want, there you go. So uh, I would rather hear a little less robot noise on this, but uh, that's
0: where we are.
2: All right, uh, Ian.
0: Uh, now this is one where my opinion changed a little bit the more I listened to this song. Uh, my initial notes to this was, what the fuck? Uh, Four. <laughs> Four minutes and four minutes and twelve seconds too long. <laughs> uh, this is the reason why this album stalled like it did. Mm-hmm. But in re- repeated listens, I'm still I'm thrown off by the Mister Roboto shit. Yep. But I love I, I love the part where you know Xander starts to be like, "Get up, shut up, sit down." You know, you know that that shit is fucking awesome. I yep. love if, if if more of the song was like that. I could really get behind it, and yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, I was reading in the notes in, in the reissue where uh, Nielsen was calling this kind of like a, a precursor to a industrial music. Well, uh, I don't know, it's more like Stabbing Westward than Ministry because this shit's terrible. I mean, that part of it, that that robot, that you know, Kilroy was here shit. Yeah. But hidden within the song is a really fucking awesome rocker, but they just kind of fucking you know killed it. I, I give him an A for effort for trying something different, but man, that that robot shit—I mean, god damn—that that's—it's—it sounds like CGI, <laughs> you know? You know, it's—it's—it's it's, it, it's terrible. But 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 man, when you get that part where Robin's screaming that shit, I absolutely love it. But uh, man, it's a tale of two songs. I don't—I don't know. This could be something. I, I listened to it another time, I could totally change my opinion, but I hate the robot, love the screaming. What do you think, Rob?
2: My favorite part of the damn song is the robot.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh <laughs> no! Oh shut up! I shut disagree up. with both of you. Oh my god, the part where it goes, you look strange, that's what I like, you look strange like me, fit to be tied a little bedtime story, next position please. I love that. And that one part where it kind of goes like wacky, going go like Meow. I just love that shit. And when Robin is going, don't sit up, shut up, sit down, you hear in the background, you look strange, that's what I like. It's still talking. And you know, and one of the beautiful things about the internet was you can finally figure out what they're saying in songs by looking up lyrics. I shit you not, go look up High Priest of Rhythmic Noise, All around online, there's that one part where the robot's talking at the end and every, either they skip it or some people even wrote, I don't know what he's saying there, but there's a, at the very end, he's like, I'm a little tiny plastic pills for my little plastic pills. I don't know, it's like really fucking strange, but I love, love, love this robotic thing going on. It's like, I'm kind of shy both of you don't like it, you know?
1: It kind of goes back to Gene Simmons's uh, doing Wish Upon a Star. This is putting your balls out on the table and saying, This is what I want to do. Yeah.
2: And, you know, and they brought it back with I Want Be Man, and I don't know about that. Yeah. It was like. Yeah, but see,
1: remember how I was saying earlier that it seems like some of these songs could have been on other things? Yeah. I Want Be Man should have been on this album.
2: Well, it would have. I,
1: I, I it would have made sense from the concept. Do you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I understand, but I, I really don't like that song.
1: Right, I think that, but I, the, the, there's a—I love concept albums.
2: No, I do too, and yeah, you know, and also the little next position, please—they say, you know.
1: Exactly. So it seems like Rip had like a five-year plan. He just didn't know how to put it together. Maybe put it together exactly how he wanted, you know. Who am I to to second guess? Yeah, I
2: just love, you know, when Robin's saying that, you hear in the background, forever is a long, long time. I love that shit, man. (laughs) It's just so cool to me. You know, know? one of the
1: things I love about doing roundtables, it never fails. I always get a new appreciation because you hear what someone else brings to that table. Right. And one of the great things about music is that you know, we grew up in a time where you had disc jockeys that you, were actual human beings that were playing music in your town. Yes. S- satellite kind of thing. And, like, the DJ would come on and say, listen, I know this isn't a single, but I want—I just want to play this, you know what I mean? But now we have podcasts where we're doing this kind of thing. And now, do you know what I want to do right now, Ralph? What? Bang your mother. No, I, no, I, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah!
2: Hey, 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 Ken. (laughs) Ken, it was really nice having you on the show, man.
1: (laughs) I want to to go listen to High Priest of Rhythm (laughs) and Because it's like, I need to hear this. After we get done recording and we get off the mics, I'm putting that song on because of you.
2: No, I just wanted to say, I don't know what you're laughing about, Ian. At At least Ken wants to get banged and not catch something. Notice he didn't mention your mom. Thank you.
0: Hey, my mom needs a break.
2: <laughs> she also needs penicillin. Yeah,
0: that's true.
2: We sure. don't love our mothers. Yeah. We, I, love, I we love, we love, we love our Ra- mothers.
0: I love Ralph's mother all the time, and so can you for five dollars.
2: Right, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah, that's that's our show there. <laughs> if and you join, enjoy... last episode. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, okay, uh, are we done? Can I go into the next one? I want to start the next one
0: there you go, oh, go ahead. To, to come tumbling
2: oh i love this song and you know i found out many years later rick wrote this song about bon scott
1: absolutely
2: this is a song about bon scott i did not know this but it makes sense because the lyrics and you know you have to be a diehard hard cheap trick fan to know this what this means uh the lyrics says all shook up bent out of shape wasn't johnny b good but it sounded great you know what he means by that
1: yeah absolutely was
2: they they got together with Bon Scott and Angus, and they, they, you can hear it on YouTube, they played Johnny B. Good at some show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and also, you know, from the cabaret to the highway to hell, had a monkey on his back, it was easy to tell. You know, it's like, they knew Bon, you know, he was a rocker, man, he was a drinker, and, uh, and you know, they were friends, they were tight. They played shows together. There's a, I don't know if you saw this, Ken, there's a cool picture online. Where they're like in know in what looks like a TV studio jamming yeah. with Bon Scott. It's cheap trick with yeah. Bon Scott and Angus Young. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, was that filmed?
1: And, and Rick's up in the air. He's like yeah.
2: floating. Exactly. You know? He's, yeah, it's a shot where him flying in the air, like you know, yeah. like he usually does when he plays. And it and looks like it's a TV studio.
1: Yeah. And Tom Peterson uh, just this last week did an interview uh, from. Tennessee I believe, a radio station in Tennessee where he talked about how they played with ACDC and every other night they would like switch off who was the opening act, who was the closing act, you know what I mean? Right. They had a really good relationship with ACDC and that, that one line where uh, Rick says uh, a, a, a tough act to follow not too good in your shoes you Yeah, know? yeah. It, it would. they were a hell of a band to try to, to uh, compete with and you know when you think about it, there's two bands in the history of rock and roll that had their lead guitarist dress up as little kids, Chief okay. Drew and ACDC, right. and you posted lyrics from this today.
2: Yes, that was, uh, it's kind of low in the mix, what I wrote yep. today. It's during the, 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 the little instrumental part, you hear that talking, it sounded like an announcer, I always yeah. got a vibe that it was like an announcer at some stadium or something. Maybe a sporting event. You're a guy, but actually, it's very heartfelt about. And I really do feel like it goes with the concept of this album, about the music. Can't stop it, and you know, can't stop the. Is Is it?
1: If I read that,
2: sure, go ahead.
1: I'm wishing to live longer, aided by the supreme healing force of music. It is most definitely overcomes all weakening aspects of the body. I felt quite lost and distraught without those wonderful vinyl productions. I'm convinced it's an addiction too. I feel just great again. So that's what you hear. Yeah. That, that voice kind of buried down in the mix.
2: Very low in the mix. And yeah, that was something like, again, from the internet. I remember one of the first albums I, I went looking for lyrics was All Shook Up because you know, a lot of shit I didn't really get, you know, and then right. reading it, I was like, fuck, like, especially this song, because when I found out this song was about Bon Scott, I wanted to know everything about it, because I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of Bon Scott.
1: Yeah.
2: And, okay. uh, all right, so, uh, Ken, did you talk about the song?
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, Ian. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's about Bon. Uh, in the liner notes for the album, for the remaster, he talks about... The same day that Bond died, his house caught on fire. Yeah, and he's you know he was in the recording studio doing this, and he said all he could think about you know he was like fuck the house he's like oh my god Bond died you know that was like number one priority. And uh, that being said, I find the song kind of filling. Uh, it's one of those ones, uh, you know, it's, it's a fast rocker, and I like that. I like the tempo of this song. But it, I, I don't remember it when it's over. And that's always a bad side when I listen to it. If there wasn't a hook that caught me, that, that's not a good sign. And I was like, well, maybe I'm missing something because it's up-tempo, it's, it's really fast, I like it, but there was just nothing that stuck around for me. You know?
1: Doesn't side two seem to be kind of splintered in its direction?
2: Yeah, it, I mean, uh, after this song, really. It, it almost seems to just sputter out. I, I, I really do love this song, though. This is a song that I wish would come back because I only saw it on the All Shook Up tour. But I can I understand it's a, it might
0: be a little tough to play. I mean,
2: that solo on there is fucking blistering. Yeah,
0: it, 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 it's not horrible. Just to me, it doesn't have that hook that you remember. Yeah, right. and that, that's it. You know, no, no, no. no. It's the hook you don't remember. Okay. <laughs> All right, I love you? I
2: love you Ian
0: <laughs> Look this the
2: first time I ever said I love you Ian after I bash him oh, yeah, right. there
0: you go.
2: that's how much I love this song because a bond. I forgive you my friend
0: okay awesome
2: all right so uh all right since Ian is a big Rolling Stones fan I'll have him take this next one for obvious reasons
0: mm. all right uh I love you honey but I hate your friends uh, good but not great. I, I do love the lyrics. I, I, I love the lyrics to this song. Uh, I love the sediment. It, it, it's a good rocking song, but uh, it, it, it's not the best. I kind of agree with what Kid says. On the second side, it starts to like, oh, start going downhill. I, I dig it. I mean, I don't want people to think I don't like the song. I like it, but it's not great. Like, uh, you know, in color, I love every fucking song. Dream Police i love every fucking song uh, you I, like you like uh, i want you to
2: want me that studio version? oh
1: well you got me there yeah i hate the studio version. as a beetle fan who loves everything on the white album there's no way i can slag the original version of i want you to want me for having a ragtime piano it sounds like something that you know could have come off of martha my dear or...
0: whoa, whoa, whoa hold, on, hold on hold on you love revolution I'm yeah nine. I, I was about to ask that too <laughs>
1: well that's a whole
0: nother thing not <laughs> yeah, yeah okay we got you too
2: <laughs> well let me ask you this not not that you like the song ken but have you ever sat through the whole thing
1: oh all the time
2: really wow every i don't think i
0: don't think i have
1: every so often i just put it on and like oh. okay give it to me
0: whatever you got to give let's do this I, I i think i've heard it all the way through once maybe twice and that's it
2: let's get naked doesn't the, that the, the part isn't there something like Yoko comes out and says that? Let's get naked! No, she
1: says, and, and we all become naked.
2: <laughs> what? And I think that she's talking about death. Hey, Ken, you are the special one.
1: <laughs> That's
2: right. All right, right. Ken, uh, what do you think of uh, I Love You, Honey, But I Hate Your
1: The stone swagger is very evident. I can see why you mentioned the stones earlier. It, uh, it It's a good track. It's definitely Rick Nielsen's uh, beloved sense of humor. Uh, if you, he had a T-shirt that said this, or a, one of those sweaters that said "I love you, honey, but I hate your friends," and I always thought that was cool. Uh, it, it, it's a good song, like I said. The album starts to splinter. This is uh, we're headed into B-side territory on this one for me.
2: No, if, I, I agree with you. I agree with like you. Me. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, but. I really do love this song. I just feel everything before it was better. Exactly. Well, that's part of the problem. Is that when you have,
1: like, let's say six great songs, and then you put, like, B material after those, it's like, eh. I don't care what album it is, every art suffers for what surrounds it. Meaning that if, if there's a crappy song on an excellent album, it can elevate that crappy song or make it look worse you know what i'm saying
2: i I, but i do really do enjoy this song i mean unfortunately i like everything before it more but it does it's quirky you know and then it has like a little drug reference did some toot yeah we had a blow and then you hear like a snort noise like you know (laughs) and also a throwback to daddy should have stayed in high school he's 30 but he feels like 16. Yep. I love that though. I love stuff like that. The little hey, you know, this is a little homage to people that keep track of us, you know?
1: Yeah. And, and there weird
2: cha cha part in it where it's <laughs> Yeah. That part is like off the wall. It's like, what the fuck just happened? You know <laughs> It's like a, another
1: record just crashed in and stuff. <laughs> yeah, playing. exactly. What?
2: Turn it's that like down. let's get back to the song. It's, it's the equivalent of the Kool-Aid guy running through the wall, you know? oh yeah anyway um but i love this song i love this song but i hate ian okay i'm just kidding
0: (laughs) i get that a lot
2: anyway but yes i admit you know this is like okay it's a downgrade from everything before and then in my opinion even goes downer on the next track which I saw them play live, yeah. Like Which, so that song really does capture the artwork of the album, cause so it's yeah. really weird. And yeah, like you were saying before, like if you look inside the inner there's a chick choking a guy. Yeah. So that's like go for the throat right there. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not terrible. I'm sure you guys are gonna disagree. I mean, I do love the little. It's like, Robin Xander, to me, done no wrong up to this point. So, I love the way he sings this song. Don't come a baby. And the little piano thing going. It's weird. It's off the wall. It's not the norm.
1: These aren't happy fun camp songs, you know. Exactly. Uh, but uh, Go For The Throat is a great song. You know, you mentioned Robin has done no wrong. I don't think that there's anything wrong with Robin's performance on this album. Some well, of it is in the material. But yet, as I love that quirky bit of Cheap Trick, I, I wouldn't want them to be... I'll tell you what, you take the quirky out of Cheap Trick, you know, you get The Flame. Yeah, there you go, yeah. And I love The Flame, but it's just not the heart of cheap trip exactly
2: great great vocal performance but man you, you know he can sing the, the, the fucking phone book anything does. i mean you listen to his singing on Manicello, and then listen to the middle section of gonna raise hell while he's yelling mother it's if, like god this guy can do everything it's agreed. mind-blowing
0: ian, why don't you go for the throat?
2: yeah ian go for the throat.
0: All right. Uh, second worst song on the album. <laughs> What's the worst? Oh, oh, don't even tell me. All right, I, I yeah, already... yeah. Second worst song on the album. Uh, totally forgettable. Totally forgettable. And, and once again, this is why uh, you know the drop off on this that I don't think you had on the first four studio albums. You know, I, 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 I you know, I, I love all those. And and that's the key trick I fell in love with. That's what I listen to the most. But I, I do listen to all areas of Key Trick. And every time they put out an album, I always go and buy it. But uh but man, this is like you know, and I, I, I don't I don't know why. I don't know if it was the turmoil, you know, with Peterson at the time or what, but like to me a song like this never would have made it on the other albums. But yet it made it on here and I'm really surprised because I got George Martin. You know, so I think this guy would be like, you know, would be the first one to tell him, "Hey, kids, this ain't, this ain't cutting it." You know, this ain't up to par. But for whatever reason, it made it on the album. But uh, man, the total wallpaper.
2: What, what's even more shocking is it made it on the set list, but World's Greatest Lover didn't.
0: Right, right. Oh, that that blew my mind when you said they played every song but one song. I I never for a second. They, they even it's, played it's, the last track. Yeah. Who the king? Rick,
2: oh.
1: Rick Nielsen and Bunny Carlos.
2: Oh wow! Really? Bunny had something to do with the song? How shocking! <laughs> <laughs> it, there's, there's one song
1: I remember just playing this for people and saying, "Check this out," because it was so absurd. This is one of those. Exercises in insanity that only Chief Trick can kind of pull off. You know what I mean? And uh, who else is going to do this? And it, 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 it's it's a it's a good thing. Uh, the the lyrics, hula hula, hula <laughs> So
0: bizarre. It's totally Chief Trick. Ian, your thoughts? Uh, well, this song reminds me of a lot of other songs, funny enough. And and I'm going to run through a short list here. Uh. Revolution number 9. In My World by Guns N' Roses. Uh, 1984 by Van Halen. And Fanfare by Kiss. As what in the fuck were you thinking? This is an album, people. This is going to be out forever. All right, really? Really? This this isn't even a Z-side. This is fucking... This is fucking terrible! I and I love Buddy. Buddy's one of my favorite members. But this this is horrible. And and Rick Nielsen said and then this really made me laugh. He goes, We wanted to write like a We Are the Champions type song. No! No, dude! This shit is it's horrible! And I can't even believe they played it at uh at the silver where they had to play with mask. Who the king? Who give a fuck? Who want to hear this song? That's what it should have been called. Who want to hear this song? Nobody. That's the answer. Case closed. Drop the mic. This shit is fucking terrible. Never should have made the record. They should have put uh, "Everything Works If You Let It." This is horrible. Uh, I dropped the mic. I'm done. What do you think, Ken?
2: Oh, Ken. Well, okay, Ken. I I will
1: say this much: that it really did. uh, That you know, you mentioned silver, the DVD that was so cool to see all those people in the bunny mask and the whole drum choir and everything. That was, that was kind of cool. If I would have been in charge of this album there, because there were enough outtakes, there would have been something else in its place. And I would have probably played up the idea of the concept album. I'm not sure how this plays into it. I could see this being uh, part of the, Epilogue or something, you know. After, the, like, let's say the album closed, and then they play this, like, and now there's this too. You know what I'm saying? But it should have been on a B-side of Baby Loves to Rock.
2: I, didn't, um, I, I wouldn't recommend Who the King. As well, song I, song. I haven't spoke about that. My opinion on it yes. um, is, I'm with Ian on this. It's like, what the hell, man? And but at the same time, hey, man, the album's over. You know, it's like, you know, I, if you're gonna end the album with something. Horrible, or something that's just not, you know, something wacky. Like, and then thank God who the king is there instead of like after can't stop it, but I'm gonna
0: try. It. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, here, not not to cut you off, Ralph, but uh, you know I, I've said this many a times. My favorite closing track is a track that is so good you want to listen to the album over again, or you want to hear another album by that band. I, I, I don't believe in the throwaway for the last track. I believe in something great. That no, makes-
2: I, I'm with you. I'm with you, but at the same time, would you rather have Who the King at the
0: end or in the middle? I don't want Who the King. No, no, I no, like- but, but if you had to. Oh, I, I, and- I don't know. I, I'd take the gas Pipe. Okay, let's
2: do the little closeout. We do the little closeout. And, Ken, something we forgot to mention to you, and we'll give you a little time because me and Ian will do it first. We always do pick of the week, and we would like you to join in and give us a pick of the week. It doesn't have to be Cheap Trick, or anything. You know what I mean? Like an album that you like. like. An album. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, I, all I gotta say is that I I adore Cheap Trick. I've seen them over 60 times. I never missed them. I only missed them once. Well, t- no, actually, technically twice, since the '79 tour because they were opening for Poison, and I'm sorry, I could I could I couldn't do it. <laughs> You know? Uh, Ian and then we'll have Ken do his clothes on and then we'll get into Piccolo
0: uh, of course I, I love Cheat Trick, one of my favorite bands. Uh I, I think I told these stories on the uh, on the in color one, but I'll I'll tell them again because they're great I know stories. I know
2: the story you're gonna tell. The, when the, you met Rick, right?
0: Well well, the first time was when I saw him at House of Blues and I, I got so drunk. I was so excited to see him. After every song, I kept screaming, Avida Zane. And finally, and I'm in the front row, and finally Rick looked down at me and goes, Avida Zane to you, my friend. And I was like, oh, okay, I better shut up. <laughs> like, I'm a little too drunk. I love this band. They are so underrated. Unfortunately, so many people just know the radio songs, and a lot of people are sick of the radio songs because they're jammed down your throat. But if you dig in this band's catalog, it's so vast, so incredible. I love this band. I know, you know, this is only our second cheap trick. I know we're going to have a ton more. And, and you know, the pod Father Ken Mills, we would love to have you back again because this has been an awesome episode. Well, thank
1: you. I appreciate that. Uh, as far as my closing thoughts on the album, love it. As much as I've said there's things I'd like to change or whatever, that's going back to what you said. The album is the album. It's, it's the thing. I would have liked to have heard more of this concept or story be flushed out but on the other hand would I, li- would I listen to it often you know what I mean there's some concept albums that suffer for the fact that the concept was not that good we all know that they are out there I wish that they would have released Baby Loves to Rock backed with Who to Kick and that's where I would have done that and then you would have got Huda King as a bonus track later down the road. That's one thing about fans. Have you ever noticed about guys that are fans and that are collectors? Like, uh, we're, we're, we're all KISS fans. There's this uh, KISS DVD that came out. It wasn't uh, a, an official release from the band, but it was uh, KISS live in Las Vegas. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I have it.
2: Yeah, yeah
1: you have it. And it costs, what, $6.99 to get Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Oh, I more. got a Best Buy. Yeah, so do you know what I'm talking about? But you put it in and it's pretty good quality for, you know, able to get it. You didn't have to get it off a of videotape and then put it on DVD and all that right. stuff. It's actually pretty darn cool for what it is. But there are people who are like, that is the worst release ever. Well, it wasn't supposed to be released. It was never right. supposed to be seen again. But as a fan and as a completist, I will pay top dollar for it, and if the same people who are saying, oh, it's the most horrible thing in the world, if you didn't have it, and then you had to wait for the box set to come out like 10 years down the road, you'd be going like, wow, finally I get to see this, you know what I mean? Yeah, so that's kind of how I would probably feel about Huda King. It is it's it is absurd, it's it's the closing of the album, can't change what it is, but I, I don't understand why they did not use baby loves to rock as a single an incredible missed opportunity
2: oh ken and something we didn't talk about was uh there is actually a pro shot show from this tour uh the chicago ken. fest yes where they had Pink but it is i mean as far as i know not the full show is there a full show of that out there somewhere
1: not that I'm aware of. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. And if unfortunate. Frizz used the problem with full shows and stuff like that. You ever watch like a really cool bootleg, and then all of a sudden it just tracks weird. Yeah, because people they'll let stuff out, but they want to have the pristine copy. Right. So dub that copy, they put that weird thing in, or they'll take a couple seconds out, or whatever. It's it's them like saying, okay, this came from me. But this is what you have now. What well, I have. Well,
2: that Everybody. was an MTV concert. Yeah, absolutely. And it, they didn't air the full show, so. Yeah, I would have loved to see like you know High Priest, you know the whole album. Man, even even Go for the Throat, I would love to see a live performance of that. Yeah, Just for don't the pure fact what? that I love this album.
1: Yeah, but don't you think by the time they got to Chicago Fest that it, it, it really wasn't this tour anymore? Okay, well,
2: there I'm not knowledgeable. I did not know no, no, where no, on no. this tour that that show took place. I guess that was late in the tour?
1: Well, here's the thing. A lot of bands will start out... It's, got to think of Spinal Tap, like where they're on the road, where like they're opening up for a puppet show right? Yeah. Like, like there's a lot of times you start out like, like, let's say you and I put out an album, the Ken and Ralph album starring Ian, you know, and, and we go on the tour with it. And it's like, this is the tour and the record company goes, here's your first, you know, $2,000 to get you through the week of the tour and there's not sales to back up that 2,000, all of a sudden it stops being that tour and it turns into the greatest hits package. So by the time that they got to Chicago Fest, it wasn't really promoting a dead album. It was just promoting Cheap Trick.
2: I see. So maybe that was probably an abbreviated show as well. You know, maybe, I don't know. But um, okay, Uh, all right, so uh, that's it. Uh, now we're going to go into Pick of the Week. Ian, I'm not ready like always. Uh, okay. By the way, Ken, do you ready to have a Pick of the Week?
1: Yeah, I can go right now.
2: Okay, let's, get, let's have Ken go first. Go ahead.
1: Okay. All right. There's this girl who was a, a huge Kiss fan, still is a Kiss fan, uh, Nikki from the Czech Republic. Now, this sounds like, well, what's this got to do with anything? Well, fast forward to 2015. She's in a metal band that is from Europe and they have a new album out. The name of the band is called The Agony and the album is called Dirty and Dangerous and it's pretty good. And it just came out and I think you should check them out, check out the single, either Give It To Me or Be My Fire, which I actually helped kind of do a little co-write on. Oh,
2: really? Oh, nice. All right, cool. All right, Ian.
0: All right. Uh, my pick of the week is very out the box and very different. It's it's not even a music album. It's a spoken word album by uh, uh, somebody I admire a great deal, Jello Biafra from the Dead Kennedys. Yes. And uh, this is his third spoken word album. It's called "I Blow Minds for a Living," and it's an incredible, incredible album. Um, and even though a lot of the topics he talks about, you know, might make it dated. But there's so much stuff that is still relevant in the world today. And his epic poem, uh, Die for Oil Sucker, is just as relevant today as when it came out in 1991. And, uh, you know, some really great stories about censorship. Uh, They were very much a victim of the PMRC. And I know it's a dated topic, but there's still a lot of shit that's relevant. And uh, for all the potheads out there, there's a great uh, segment on there about what led to... uh, weed being made illegal very interesting shit on this album uh and I, I still think it stands up and you can listen to it over and over and always get something else out of it check out jello Biafra. i blow minds for a living
2: all right cool my my pick of the week uh it's it's a band that's very popular but uh as they went on a lot of people every time i hear people talk about this band it's like man after the second album i don't care everything was garbage or, poison they, they, no no I, I don't like I, they always suck to me but um Oasis I, I, I'm a big fan of Oasis especially Noel Gallagher I love Noel Gallagher's recent uh, solo, album, but that's I'm gonna plug an Oasis album and I know like Oasis diehards probably don't like it but I love this album it's called the heathen chemistry and uh, it, it features my favorite Oasis song little by little and Stop Crying Your eye, uh, Heart Out, and it's just a solid album. I just felt like Oasis was a band that they really never made like a bad album, in my opinion. And I like all the later stuff, and I know a lot of Oasis fans just stop at the second one, or, you know, they like later ones, but none are as good as the first two, which <laughs> I kind of disagree. I kind of like some, I wouldn't say more than the first two, but just as much. So that's my pick of the week: The Evening Chemistry. Now I
0: have gotta right. say, Ralph, real quick. Uh, at first, I always thought you were kidding about Oasis. I always <laughs> thought, that, I always thought, not that I hate Oasis. I, I right. don't. I don't know a lot. I know that you know. I, like I love Wonderwall. I think that's an amazing song. But I always thought that was a goof with you. And, uh, and I was surprised to find out that you, you truly are an Oasis fan. Huge, That's huge. Cool. I own everything they did.
2: All their B-sides. And, you know, another thing about that band is their B-sides are most, most their B-sides are better than the tracks that appear on the albums. Agreed. You know, uh, Ken, you a fan of Oasis? Yes. All right, cool, cool. I did, I did I, not know that about you.
1: I do have to say, well, it's it's that jangle Beatle guitar yeah. Right. You know I'm a sucker for that. You know, and uh, I, I think that their story got kind of old. Like, who's singing this week with them? Is it which bro- are the brothers fighting again? It's something that overshadowed the music at some
2: point. Right. Yeah. No. And, and their cockiness really rubbed people the yeah. wrong way. And you know, but I loved it. I just thought it was hilarious how yeah, Noel would I- say, "We're the greatest band in the world," and the politicians in in uh, in, in England are doing cocaine. You know, it's like. He was insane. That best game.
1: you got the best. It's from that school.
2: Yeah, exactly. And they were cocky. They were. I, I thought they were awesome. You know what they did, and hopefully they will get back together. But trust me, Noel, uh, and that's. Uh, you know, I would like to plug also High Flying Birds. I think Noel Gallagher is a musical genius. I think his solo stuff is just as good as the Oasis stuff, and uh, I stand by that. Anyway, now we're gonna close out the show. But since well, we have the Father here, before you go in. I know you well, got a lot well, of things well, we, to say. We got
0: we got we got to do fan of the week before we close out. You know? Well,
2: okay, do fan of the week, and then Ken, I want you to promote your your podcast, all of them.
0: Oh, wow. all right, all right. Well, fan of the week this week is DT Hunter, and he's a new guy to the to the page, but he's added a lot. Man, he he puts a lot of posts, a lot of comments, and. And that's what we really look for, man. If you join the page, don't do it half assed Be a full blown member. Yeah, don't and, be uh, like me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're never on there. But <laughs> DT Hunter, you know, he's on there more than you. He's contributing, and uh, we appreciate it, you know. And anybody you like, you like the show. You like the craziness here. Fuck, you don't even know craziness till you come on the Facebook page and you meet fucking Justin Childers. Now that's crazy. It's also uh, crazy when I come on your mom's face. Hello. Hello! But uh, D.T. Hunter, enjoy your week. You are a fan of the week. And now we hand it over to the Podfathers of Ken Mills. Tell us all the ways we can check out your words of wisdom. Before,
2: Ken, you go into it, I want to say for the millionth time, it's because of Ken and podcast. that's the first thing. I wanted to do a podcast. He's been a big inspiration for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. My main inspiration... Uh, I oh, I still listen to you guys and I love it. So let the people know Because uh, you you don't only have one you have several so go ahead.
1: Well, I've been dubbed the pod father by friends and fans and uh, I, I, I think it was KST history science theater that, that gave me that name and uh, I've always tried to kind of help people find their way In this podcasting world So I'm glad that like We could turn you on to something You know what I mean I think podcasting is great I think that it's amazing that it's still relatively free uh, You know how soon before the man Steps in and takes it all away from us You know you know. And sometimes you wonder if that's going to happen But uh, I've always tried to advance People to get their voice out it's like, you know, I was ribbing you at the beginning of this about Gene, your opinion on Gene Simmons' So album. That, we were watching the video of you sleeping during the one song. Just <laughs> laughing our asses off. I love that song, but that was hilarious.
2: And that's actual real footage of me sleeping by the way.
1: <laughs> Did I, you get eight hours of it on tape?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, this. check it out. I'll say this really quick. Because at the time, my girlfriend complained about me snoring a lot. And I didn't live with her, but one day, I wanted to hear how bad I snored. So I put my, my camera on night vision, and just slept. And then I put it in my computer, and you know, the file, you see the audio. So you yeah. see you see when it's silent, but then you see these waves. And then yeah. when I went there and I saw me snoring, I was like, holy crap, that's embarrassing. But then I go, man, I'm like a masochist. I go, this would go really cool with reviews. You know, yeah. and some people yeah. think yeah. it's fake. No, that's really me sleeping.
0: And, and and Ralph has slept at my house, and my old lady was like, "That fucker snores." <laughs> well, that's
2: weird because I cured my snoring problem, but I guess I snored at your house. I don't know. Maybe it's because of being too tired or something. I don't know. But I don't really snore that bad anymore. I actually had to go see a doctor about that. Glad you did. Seriously. Okay, I'm sorry to cut you off, Cam, but go No, it,
1: it can lead to problems. That's why sleep apnea machines are, are great. Anyway, yeah. uh, but <laughs> uh, you can find us on www.podkiss.com. That's pod, K-I-S-S-T. And on that feed, you can get the Cheap Trick talk show, Cheap Talk. So you get two shows for the prize. one. Well, not only that, but you get the amazing kiss room with Matt Porter. So, and that's a show I'm involved with as well. And we have our monkeys podcast zilch. So you can find us, you know, if, if you want to find the monkey show, look for monkeys podcast. We have,
0: we will appear. I, I love the monkeys. I need to check that out. dude. Seriously. I'm a huge monkeys fan.
1: We do everything from album roundtables to dissecting uh, you know, how the songs were written and stuff like that, to interviews with people like Bobby Hart, who was one of the best. Oh, nice.
0: Stars. Yeah, the writer. Yeah. And even
1: uh, Coco Dolan's Mickey's Sister, and uh, Davy's kids, and Mike's kids, uh, the wonderful band Cersei Link, which is, if you want to check out an interesting band, Cersei Link, there's a song called Broken. Do a search for a song called Broken on youtube by a band called cersei link and i love the lyrics of this song it kind of sums up about how it's the cracks that you see in your skin that kind of show you where you've been it's kind of like a map to your life and it's a really cool song but that's uh that's done with michael nesmith's son uh christian nesmith and his girlfriend cersei link definitely worth checking out but um we, we we do everything from commentary to the episodes, to, so nice to uh, album roundtables. Everything it's all covered. It's we, we we basically will ruin it for anybody else who wants to do a monkeys podcast. We will have done everything.
2: <laughs> even even that song Romoda and Sonia something like that. Remember that song <laughs> Michael oh, Nesmith cruising Michael Nesmith. Yeah, that's a wacky video.
1: Love that song.
2: Yeah yeah I remember that before MTV seeing that yeah. video i got to watch that again. I haven't seen that in decades. What I remember, there was like a muscle guy with a boombox. And Michael was like sweating with shades on in a room. Yeah. 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 (laughs) All right. Well, go on.
1: So anyway, that's, that's where you can find us. And that's where we're at. And I'd like to encourage everybody to check out your stuff in case they're listening to this for the first time. Uh, you guys do a lot of cool stuff, and you have your bands. Tell us about your bands. Because oh, there's yeah. a lot of Cheap Trick fans that might be hearing this for the first time. Tell them about Combat.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, I got a band, Combat. I got another band called Thrash or Die. We, you know, we have done them in past episodes. But if you're listening for the first time, if you're a fan of the Podfather, uh, yeah, I am involved in two bands. Check them out, Combat and little more. Well, Thrash or Die is about thrash, and Combat's more traditional metal. I mean... But, you know, I'm a big fan of, like, you know, Cheap Trick, the Beatles. I'm fanatical with the Beatles. Same and, here. Yeah. And, and, you
1: know, a lot of people have said, well, you do a monkeys podcast, you do a Cheap Trick podcast, you do a Kiss podcast. I know how much you love the Beatles. Why not? Because there are 10 million of them.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: and it's like a voice shouting in the wilderness, you know, nobody's going to hear. Uh, th- your band, Thrash or Die, I had to get a big kick out of the video with the puppets
2: yeah wake up smell the thrash puppet yeah.
1: version of Thrasher or <laughs> dr fuck got to be a muppet so yeah. i guess you can officially make love to miss piggy now
2: yeah <laughs> and i'm looking at him right now he's sitting here in my yep. living room he but, always but if freaks everybody it, out
1: if, if if i were you instead of going for miss piggy i would try to hit janice from dr tooth's band plus you you could get to hang out with the animal the drummer
0: oh yeah my favorite so there <laughs> you go Well, thank you,
2: Ken. Thank you so much. And now Ian's going to do a couple little plugs.
0: Well, and also if you're in New Orleans, you know, check out my John Caffrey, the Beaver Brown Band, you know, tribute, Eddie and the Boozers. Uh, You know, we we do uh, all your favorite songs from uh, Eddie and the Cruiser's soundtrack and Eddie and the Cruiser's 2. And and because of Ralph, we we now do that one song from Cobra that they sang too. Yeah, I I,
2: I demanded him do that. (laughs) And I'm also demanding you change the lyrics to... From the dark side uh, to on the drunk side.
0: There you go. Guys, there is a possibility. Uh, i I just say, we want to thank everybody for listening. There's so many ways you can check us out. Check us out on podbean.com. Check us out on iTunes. We are also on That Metal Station twice a week. We're on there Sundays at uh, 12 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Thursdays. check us out on the Indie Authority. We were out there at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, again, go on iTunes. If you go on iTunes, please subscribe. Please leave a review. It means that much. We got that contest going right now where you get the personalized autographed copy of the Combat EP, and we've had two people put up reviews. What the fuck, people? But I, I know iTunes has been a lot of... If a lot of people are like, hey, I left a review, it didn't show up. Let us know if you put something up. And it doesn't show. Well, we have a lot of
2: reviews on there. What are you talking about?
0: Well well no, but I'm saying lately since oh, okay. we, since we've announced the kind of, and I understand that people who've already left reviews can't leave new reviews. But if you haven't left one yet, put one up because this is you know, you're gonna get rock and roll history here with the combat EP. It's an amazing E P that you're gonna get personalized. So, you know, give us a five star review and and you know, you know, tell how much you love the show. We'd appreciate that. Also, check us out on YouTube, Rocket Metal Combat, all one word. You can get all these episodes that you love with amazing visuals, pictures in the background. It's just another way to enjoy an episode that you already love. Uh, And and use that Amazon link. I'm so proud of the Amazon link because that's a way that the fans get something. You are going to buy this anyway. You're not spending anything more, and it helps out the show. So that's amazing and uh, if you're not on there already get your ass on the Facebook page because it is it's complete chaos and it's a lot of fun a lot of great videos a lot of great pictures all kinds of great posts join the Facebook page and if you enjoyed this episode and we know you did come back next week when our special guest is boxing legend Mike Tyson wow yes Iron Mike joins us To appropriately talk about the classic S.O.D. album, Speak English or Die. Wow, this is going to be a good one. And that's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. And that's our show. Trick Chat is an online non-profit audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to Cheap Trick or any of their members past or present. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes to buy it. If you enjoyed this show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying keep cheap trickin'."